This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, good morning and welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio with Charlie Dobbin, aided and abetted by yours truly, Dean Holland. How are you this morning, Charlie? I am wonderful. I thought I was going to wake up to some rain, but I actually woke up to crystal blue skies Though there's some clouds rolling in now. Yes. Well, I did wake up to a, like, you know when the heavens just open up and they <laughs> dump everything, like, a, it's like a bucket? Boom. Cats, it dogs. came down. Yeah, yeah, it came down really hard just before five this morning, and that woke well, me up because we uh, sleep with the windows open, and wow, it just came down hard. <laughs> and uh, we, we've had a good share of rain, though, on and off the past week. Yeah, good. Well, it's been a very good summer for the farmers, you know, across Ontario. We've had rain, we've had warmth, you know, we've had sun in between. Uh, here in the county, we've got some dancing farmers, pretty ecstatic. The the feed corn, the cattle corn, is over 10 feet tall right now. Like, wow. And last year, it didn't get near that by harvest time like, yeah. you know here we are there's still weeks and weeks before harvest so yeah i think they might just end up breaking records of the size of the corn this year and well, hopefully the ultimately the harvest yeah that is really good i know that we have almost not had to run our our sprinklers at all this summer because there has been up in uh you know in southern georgian bay uh there has been a good uh, balance of rain and warmth so we uh, everything's green and lush and uh, we haven't had to run the water What's a sprinkler? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is a sprinkler? Yeah, no, that's... I'm kidding. I moved here with sprinklers, right, from yeah. my suburban home in Richmond yeah. Hill. I've not used one yet, I don't think. Not because I could, you know, didn't need to, but because I just don't have that kind of water. No, of course. Yeah. And here, of course, everybody, I mean, so many people in our in our neighborhood have the ones that pop up from underground and they're on timers and all that. Yeah. But we do not have that. But we, we have not had to lay them out and run them just because we've had that great balance of rain this year. So it's been great. No, it has. And uh, certainly I think any of us who are growing edibles are probably looking forward to a, a bounty of harvest. And, you know, obviously have been harvesting up to this point, whether it's car- you know, carrots that have just seemed to pop out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. you know, to me, I've got bushels of tomatoes coming on my plants. And, nice. You know, eggplants the herbs are out of control <laughs> everything's it's good i'm not complaining yeah we had uh, somebody left three very very large i uh, say about a foot long each zucchinis on our front step about three days ago so just uh, yeah i hate that person well i'm glad they <laughs> left them for you <laughs> yeah well i can i can send them to you if you want them so no, no i am going to use them no we like zucchini so it's, it's great I mean, yeah, who doesn't like zucchini? It's just it's just too much. Yeah, fair I enough. tell you, the back in my university days when I would grow a garden because Guelph, you know, we, wherever you live in Guelph, you could always grow something. And uh, yeah, I think 
maybe one year I grew zucchini and then that, that was it. I got so turned off zucchini. You know, I went through every zucchini recipe that exists in the world to look to eat the, the zucchini. And yeah, they were just out of control. In abundance. Okay. Uh, yes. I'm going to give out those numbers. Uh, we would love for you to give us a call. We've already got some callers on the line, but there's lots of room. Um, if you have a gardening conversation or question that you have, give us a call. The Toronto number is 416-360-0740. Or uh, if you live outside Toronto, anywhere in the province of Ontario, it's toll-free by calling this number, one 866 740 for 740. Of course, please let Carlos know uh, if you are a first-time caller. And I'll give you your garden wings. Uh, we would love for you to call often. We want you to call early. And please, 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 one question per call. Okay? Charlie, I have to run to a break, but we will be right back with much more here on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey there, welcome back. Yes, we are here on The Garden Show on this 12th of August. It's hard to believe, Charlie, that we're almost in the middle of August. I know, and uh, you know what? It's feeling like it, though. The temperature, there's that that crispness in the air. You know, Yeah, I, I love it. I, I do, love too. It. And don't forget, I mean, sorry, this has nothing yeah. to do with The Garden Show, but you have to set your alarm. Well, maybe you don't. I have to set my alarm for 4 a.m. to catch, catch the meteor showers tonight oh you know what that was not on my radar i i didn't uh, yeah okay well thank you for that 4 a.m is that it yeah pleiades pleiades the uh, peak time if it's clear check your forecast <clears throat> if the skies are clear you can see up to one meteor per second wow for yeah yeah like it's just going to be a, a shooting star okay event well, I will absolutely get up for that. Okay, uh, let's go to our first caller. We've got uh, Jean on the line. Jean is calling from Newmarket, Ontario, and uh, welcome to the Garden Show, Jean. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. I am How are absolute. You? I am doing great, thank you. Flower wise, um, <laughs> Charlie, I am delighted with your advice on spider plants. I had mm. two that were miserable, and over the course of following what you said. They've gone crazy. I put the two together, and now there's so many prongs coming out with new spider plants. I don't have that many friends, I tell you. What do I do with it? Can I split it? My question is, can I split that spider? And what do I do with all the little guys? So, no, you're right. Um, you may, because you're right, there's only so many friends that you can give spider plants to. Um what I tend to do is I will compost some if there's too many at this time of year, but I do use them. I'll often start propagating some of the babies in you know February, March, so that I've got even 20 or 30 little babies growing on in a, in a big box somewhere. And then once we're frost-free, I use them in my containers out in the garden for the summer. Um, they're a lovely filler plant around the edges of your mixed um, garden containers or even as a border in a garden along a walkway or driveway. They, they're just tough. I mean, they can withstand anything. And, uh, of course, they'll die in the frost, but it's okay because the mother plant is safe indoors. Oh, can I split it now? It's so big. You it's can. monster. You can. 
Um, this time of year is not optimal for doing any kind of radical transplanting of our house plants. But if you need to, like if it's just if you have to do it, you have to do it. Remember that the best time, the least stressful time to do transplanting and splitting of house plants is more like the spring rather than now. Because now our house plants, just like our outdoor plants, are getting ready for winter. They're slowing down. Great. Thank you very much. Take care. Oh, okay. Thank you, Jean. Yeah, looks like uh, I have to plan a drive to Newmarket to get a spider plant. That's what yeah, I... You, you want a spider plant? I'll mail you one. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, you know what? I, I haven't had a spider plant in years. They were all the thing for a while, and then I, I think a bunch of us maybe moved away from them, but now I'm kind of getting the hankering for a spider plant. They're really great at cleaning the air. They're one oh. of the best air cleaning plants out there. So, you know, cleaning from everything from uh, fumes coming off of paint, carpets, New furniture, there's always that, uh, the chemical fumes, wonderful in an office environment if you're, you know, not working from home, but you're actually in an office. Yeah. Uh, there's all kinds of fumes that come off of printers and photocopiers, uh -huh. dry cleaning, and spider plants are magic. They're like little sponges. They just wow. take all that stuff right out of the air. I had no idea. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, I'm going to get myself. Then you put that in the mail today. I want that. All right, I want it. <laughs> okay, you got it. Okay, you let's go now to... a little jar of water and say, please remain, <laughs> keep upright. <laughs> keep upright. <laughs> Do not tip. Okay, we're going to go now to uh, Jody. Jody is in Toronto. Welcome to the Garden Show, Jody. Thank you. Good morning. Yes, I'm calling about my lawn. It's getting covered with clover. I don't know how to get rid of it. Oh, I would. I'm the wrong person to ask that question. <laughs> you know why? I like clover in the lawn. I know many people don't because it's not a, a grass, but clover is one of the best green ground covers that you can have in in place of a grass. Just because very deep roots uh, never needs to be irrigated, uh, stays green during a drought. Um, has flowers supporting pollinators and yeah, is a I member of the legume like family. So actually brings nitrogen into the soil rather than taking it out. However, if you absolutely hate clover, you're, you're a little bit stuck. You used to be able to use um, the old Killex or the 2,4-D to kill things like dandelions, and that would kill clover as well in your lawn. In Ontario, that is no longer legal. So if you want to get rid of things like dandelions or clover, your only option is to get down on your hands and knees and dig. Uh, unless you've got so much, then you could consider smothering it, putting a tarpaulin over top and killing it over a period of a, several months uh, just by, um, sol we call it solarizing, where we put a tarpaulin over top of an area of the land and the sun bakes whatever's under the tarp. And it will kill the grass as well. That's right. Oh. But it, it, the clover is more vigorous than the grass, so it will usually fill in and do a certain amount of takeover of the grass. So it, it is frustrating if you absolutely hate it. But personally, I think a lawn is just all about being a green, flat thing. It doesn't have to be, you know, lawn per se. Oh, well, I, I like my green lawn, and this bothers <laughs> me. Like, it's just spreading and spreading and spreading. Uh, there was yes. some red clover. I was able to take that out because it kind of goes in clumps, and you mm -hmm. pull it, and you know a whole bunch of it comes out at the same time. But this mm -hmm. other clover, it's just you, you, I just can't pull it's, it out. It's uh, yeah, it's a real sprawler. Yeah, once it gets once you've got one, before you know it, seeds will 
will happen and you'll have more. And it'll just take advantage of filling in spots where the grass is thin. So it is a bit frustrating, but like I say, there's, I mean, you could spot spray, again, this would be illegal, but you could spot spray something like vinegar, that wouldn't be illegal to use horticultural vinegar on a non-windy day, particularly um, when the clover is young and tender uh, and spray to kill specifically in amongst the lawn, but, you know, spray just the clover and then as it's dying back, pull it out and start reseeding right away. Um, You could do that. Roundup would give you the same effect, but that's the illegal part. The technically Roundup can only be used for uh, noxious weeds and clover is not no longer on the noxious weed list. Oh, okay. So I guess I'm just going to have to dig up the lawn and resod. It looks yeah, horrible. that would work. That would work too. Yeah, could I ask you a okay. question about good, good luck with that, Jody. Yep. Yeah, Let us know. Oh, okay, uh, Charlie, have to run to a break. We will okay. be right back with much more on the Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. You absolutely do have the garden show with Charlie Dobbin. Absolutely. And uh, we are going to go to our next caller who is calling from Hamilton. We have uh, Greg on the line. Welcome to the garden show, Greg. Good morning, Charlie and Dean. How are you doing? Uh, my question you is, Charlie, you've mentioned before uh, about roses, that there are uh, re-blooming roses. Not climbing roses, just the roses that you have in the ground. Now, I have an Oscar Peterson rose that keeps on reblooming, but there's other roses within the garden that are uh, letting off these tall shoots, but there's not a bud that comes from the top. Do I cut this shoot off? Where are the shoots coming from on the plant? Uh, Good question. I don't think it's from the base. I think it's actually from an, an, an actual stem that's coming already. Right. So I think when you say there's... Um, branches or <clears throat> canes shooting straight up. Are the leaves a little bit different on those branches than the other rose uh, canes? Very, um, very burgundy, reddish. Yes. Okay. They are. So those are what we call <clears throat> what we call suckers. They are stems that are growing from the root, the root that is underground, that is the original rootstock of your roses. So okay. you don't want those. What you need to do is get on your leather gauntlets. It's a bit hard right now, probably, because the roses are big and there's other plants around. But you'll need to go down underground. (coughs) Excuse me while I'm choking. (coughs) You'll need to follow the rose canes down and break them off from where they're growing from. Okay. Okay. All right. You go ahead okay, and take yeah, care of yourself. Ma- I, I have another question. I'm just joking. You guys have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Greg. That's uh, he mentioned that he has. Uh, yeah, he mentioned that he has the Oscar Peterson rose. That was one that I looked at too. They had a series of uh, roses that had to do with a uh, great Canadian talent, and Oscar Peterson was one of them. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's it's a white. I seem to recall it it's is. a white rose. The Oscar yeah, Peterson. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, it's called the Artist Series. 
Right, right. There's Emily Carr. There's a number of Canadian, you know, well-known Canadian artists who roses were named for. Yes, that's quite an honor, I would imagine, to have a flower, you know, named after you. Wow, how wonderful. I'm going to give those numbers out again there. Charlie, 416-360-0740 is the Toronto number, or 1-866-740-4740. We are going to go to Zoe now. Zoe's on the line. Zoe is calling from Toronto. Welcome to the Garden Show, Zoe. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, I just have a question regarding, uh, I've got a healthy uh, lace uh, hydrangea, and it's, um, I, it's, it's about two years old. I've never pruned it. Uh, what I want is it to be taller, a good 30 centimeters taller. It's got a couple of uh, stems with flower coming along, but just two stems. But I want to hold the whole bush to be taller. Should I be pruning it? Well, not now. Um, <clears throat> do you know what variety of lace cap hydrangea it is? No. Because no. you, you are limited by the genetics of the plant. Some plants just, you know, their maximum height is only 30 or 40 centimeters tall uh, in the hydrangea series. Some, uh, their maximum height is more like, you know, a meter or a meter and a half tall, just depending on the variety you've chosen. Oh, it I is see, only I two see. years old, though. So I would remain patient and know that mm-hmm. the plant will get bigger with time. I mm-hmm. also would prune it in the spring. I would leave it alone now, but uh-huh. in the spring when the, cause you'll, you'll leave the flowers on for the winter. They're quite ornamental. And then in the spring, when the little green buds are just starting to grow, uh, just starting to pop, you're starting to see a little bit of green on the hydrangea. That's when you get out your pruners. It might be April, might be May, depending on the spring. And, and you'll take off the dead flowers and then you'll cut back anything that's that's not got buds. So you'll just do a nice cleanup on the plant to encourage lots of more growth. And it should become bigger as a result of that for next year. Mm. OK, thank you so much. Bye now. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Zoe. OK, uh, let's go. We have we have Jean who followed the rules to the T. She called back <laughs> with another question. Jean from Newmarket. Welcome back to the Garden Show. Jean, what do you got for us? Good morning and thank you for taking my call. Charlie, I have an amaryllis and I am so proud of it. <laughs> I've d- done what you said. However, I've got to tell you, I know you're a professional. I even hate to say this. During the summer, I had four beautiful uh, leaves. So I went to the dollar store and I got a clump of little tiny flowers and I stuck it in the middle and it looks so good in the house. Now, <laughs> That's I actually don't... an interesting idea. I mean, I'm not a big fan of fake flowers, but you're right. It does take, make a green kind of a not very beautiful plant look much prettier. Oh, it did. I had so many comments and then I had to come clean, of course. Um, please. Um, one of the prongs, I didn't put it outside because I don't like all those questions you get about bugs. And it did really well in the house. However, about a month ago, one of the long leaves went yellow. And now the second one is going yellow. Please, is it too early for me to put it into a dormant stage? Is it doing it itself? Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, it is the middle of August. <clears throat> they do go dormant anytime sort of now, mid-August, mid-September. So I'll often leave mine out till they get a little bit of cool weather just to really shut them down. But um, um, yeah, I mean, t- I would suggest that you take 
you know, the, the hints that the plant, the emeraldus bulb is sending you. So cut back on the watering maybe would be the way to start. Um, so not too much, you know, don't give as much water as you have been giving, let it dry down a little more. And, uh, at that point, slowly, but surely you'll see that more and more leaves probably will turn yellow. And then, so in the next probably 10 days, two weeks, you'll be in a position to put it into a, a dark place and forget about it for, you know, three months. Do I take it out of the pot and clean it no. up or no? No, leave no. it just the way it is. No, the idea is just let, just let, don't disturb it at all. Uh, it, it's just it's going to naturally just have a little rest. So you have to support that rest by stop watering, and then ultimately darkness, and that just allows it to truly rest. And when it's ready to wake up again, it will tell you because it will start growing without water and without any light. It'll just start to grow, and you have to watch. You have to okay. watch for that though. And then as soon as you see that bit of growth get it into the light, and start your watering regimen again. After two okay. years, should I replace the soil? It's been no. two years. Um, you know what? Emeralds like to be in a pot that seems too small. <laughs> so let them be really tight in the pot. If you need to transplant them, look for roots coming out the bottom. Uh, it's going to be a minimum probably of five years in the pot before you're going to repot. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Take care. Okay. okay. Thanks, Gene. Okay. Let's dive right into our next caller. We have, uh, we're going to Stratford. Good old Stratford. We have Judy on the line. Welcome to the garden show, Judy. Good morning. I'm calling about my cucumbers. Um, they, they are not producing very few cucumbers. Like a, I planted three packages and I might've got a basket, a small basket if I'm lucky, but I don't know what's wrong with them. They're, um, I've been, putting miracle Grow on them, worm castings. I, I've been watering them. Um, they are in amongst flowers, so there's lots of bees around, so they should be getting pollinated. But they're um, a real funny green. They're not a healthy-looking green, and they're getting white spots, so I've been taking those leaves all off. What have I done wrong? Uh, you know what? I don't think it's so much you doing something wrong. Um, okay, so you mentioned bees. <clears throat> Cucumbers, as, as you know, have each plant sets two different kinds of flowers so female flowers and male flowers and you're right we do need the insects to just coincidentally visit the male flower first visit the female flower second and by doing so pollinate the female flower so that there's fruit all of that is just coincidence and timing so the flowers have to be open at the same time and the insects that pollinate cucumbers are tiny they're much smaller than a bee because cucumber flowers are, are very small <clears throat> but there are insects there um it's called the cucumber uh um beetle yes that works cucumber beetle which it will you'll end up with um, the, the leaves kind of green and yellow, not quite good looking, and um, they are a problem because they'll ultimately kill the cucumbers. So what we do, they, they, we don't often see those beetles, but they are a big problem, and they ultimately, like I said, will kill the plant and limit your your harvest. So you the best way to control them is you use. Um, what's called a row cover. So it's just like cheesecloth or a very fine netting over the cucumbers when the beetles are around, which is usually late May or early June. And they will come along and they will end up just by virtue of eating flowers and doing what they do, 
uh, leave behind bacteria or viruses or anything that might end up ultimately killing the the plants. And so you really need to, just for that period, you, you, if you leave them net at all the time, you'll have no pollination at all. But you do need to do that netting for the period when the, the beetles are around. The spotted cucumber beetle. Looks a bit like a like a ladybug. Um, sometimes, yeah, some with stripes and some with spots. Both of them are um, uh, insects we don't want on our cucumbers. So am I going to get any cucumbers off of these? Because there's very few on them. Or should I just tear them out? Um, are there, well, there's probably new, do you see new growth at the tips, new green growth? Yes, so there's new growth, and there's millions of blossoms, like. Oh, um, what I would do is I'd probably go through and remove any leaves that are really in bad condition, you know. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, and make sure that go with the good garden hygiene. Make sure there's no um, leaves or, or damaged material left right. at, at the surface. So uh, do that. You might need to do some thinning if they're very crowded, if the plants are kind of all... Are they, are they up in a trellis? Or are they up above ground? Uh, some of them I got in the ground, and some of them I've got growing up a trellis. I, I tried that because I read that that was supposed to be so good, but it's not being good for me. <laughs> well, I would think you'd have your best chance of a better harvest with them above ground, just because there's better air circulation. That's when what I thought. Sit, yeah, when they sit on the soil, similar to tomatoes, you end up with rot and, and yeah. such. So it's nice to get them up off the ground. And so it may be thin. You may have to do just a bit of thinning. Make sure there's, like I say, good air circulation will always end, end up with a, a healthier plant. Okay. Um, I wouldn't give up yet. If you can leave them, I'd leave them. Even if you don't get another bushel and you only get, you know, half a dozen, it's still worth it just because they're so good straight out of the garden. Well, now I'm taking off so many leaves, like there's so much bareness. Because I've been taking off a lot of leaves, like they get yeah. white spots on them. Yeah, but uh, it's yeah. I think that you'll find that it's better to have. I mean, don't take every leaf off, or or don't you know end no. up killing the plant because it does need leaves. But but just take the ones that are mostly yellow. Like if there's green, much green on a leaf, leave it alone. Okay. 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 Yeah. Thanks, Judy. Good luck with that. Okay. Thank Good you. Bye bye. Thank you. That must be uh, must be frustrating, Charlie, when that uh, when those things happen. It well, it is because you're so jazzed up and excited mm -hmm. and ready for things to be perfect. But you know what? I'm growing some tomatoes this year, a couple, you know, many different kinds. But I find that the older, the heritage tomatoes that are all the rage, they do tend to get the blights. They do tend to get diseases, and they tend to go down early. They're not very good looking plants. Love yeah. the fruit. Love, love, love the the sweet, sugary tomatoes that come off mm -hmm. some heritage varieties. But the plants look horrible. You know, anybody visiting my garden would say, oh, you call yourself a horticulturalist? That's <laughs> the ugliest plants I've ever seen. And yes. even my cucumber, you know, similar to Judy's issue, I've got a, a just one, a, like a mini English cucumber I'm growing called Mini Me. Excellent cucumbers, but but slow to give me much because yeah, there's no question that it's hard to it's hard to grow a perfect crop unless unless you are the the farmer and you're doing a commercial thing and you use chemicals and and timing for all your preventative measures. Yeah, an adventure. Every year is an adventure, right? There's so many variables. <laughs> Not to mention different. Yeah. Every yeah, year. for sure. Okay, let's go to uh, Burlington now. We uh, we have Nancy on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Nancy. 
thank you. Um, hi, Charlie. I have a, a yard that has um, maybe 15 to 20 uh, mature boxwood, mm-hmm. and um, I noticed uh, not too long ago that uh, they're no longer green, they're gray. Yeah. Right. And so you, you may have heard us talking about this on the garden show. You, um, you have a problem. Sorry. The problem you have is an insect. It's, it's a newly arrived insect, actually. Uh, new in um, Ontario, new in the last few years. It's a boxwood um, insect that if you don't see it early in the game, it causes massive damage and ultimately can kill your boxwood. <clears throat> boxwood tree moth first found in Etobicoke in 2018 and wait I'm just trying to remember so I was reading hold on I'm just going to find this here sorry I don't always have everything at the top of my brain I read these things and then they they so I go oh yeah I'll go back to that when I need to so boxwood tree moth is a very big problem and there's a lot of boxwood as you know all over the GTA including your place lots of beautiful little boxwood hedges which have turned gray. The gray, of course, is webbing that the insect has left behind. And if you look closely, the leaves have been removed, the webbing is evident, and the poop is is all over the place in the webbing. So, you know, that's what you're really looking at when you're looking at that gray mess. However, um, so BTK, write this down, BTK, wonderful organic uh, insecticide, used on soft-bodied, particularly caterpillars. Uh, It's a bacteria that we spray on our plants. Doesn't hurt birds or people or pets, but when an insect chews the leaf, they eat the bacteria and it kills them. So BTK can be used to prevent the death of the boxwood, but you need to stay on top of it. So if you're if you're at the point where the tree, the boxwoods are, you know, really annihilated, it may be that they won't survive. But for now, you know, you've seen the the problem. You clean up, remove all the dead, clean up the plants, and um, now like just spray where there's a 24-hour window before a rain. Like you don't want to spray and then have it rain an hour later. You you want to spray that. BTK onto what's what's left of the green leaves, but you got to clean the plants up first, and and then it's a TLC thing. You want to TLC those, take tender loving care of the boxwoods to try and bring them back, and then you're going to scout those those boxwoods in the future because that insect will arrive again in the future if if it's allowed to, and do the same thing again. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I have I have so much of it, and uh, it's it's going to uh, decimate the garden. You know, right. because I have it all in critical spots, and um, they've been trimmed, and you know, it just it makes the garden. And uh, uh, boy, when I saw this, I don't know. I think I might be too late. Um, right. So, yeah. and you also might say, look, I don't think I want to have this in my you know forever and ever. It's one thing to to fix them up now, but then, you know, moving forward, this insect is not going to go away. It's arrived in Ontario. It has no predators and it lo- it's very specific loves boxwood. So the other option is you remove the boxwood. You say, okay, I'm not doing boxwood anymore. And you look for a plant that will substitute and give you the same look. 
the little green shiny leaves, the evergreen, um, the fact that you can prune the plants, make them into a little hedge or, you know, shape them as you wish. Uh, and I will make a recommendation of that. I'm just double checking in the. So it's a it's a form of holly actually. So ilex i l e x, and I have it in my garden. The common name is inkberry. The proper name, if I can just get to it <laughs> fast enough. <clears throat> okay, there's a number of ilex. You know how we think of holly as the little um, Christmas plant with the the sharp little prongs on the leaves. But the ilex I'm talking about, ilex glabra, um, and the one I have that's working really well for me is one called compacta. It is a dwarf. It's compact, light branching, dark green foliage. Um, It does give you a little bit of purple color in the winter, but it's evergreen. Um, and it, if it has a pollinator, it will get blackberries. That's where the name inkberry comes from. But it, to the to to anybody, including yourself, you'll swear it's boxwood. It doesn't look like um, holly at all. So, and it does grow up to 125 centimeters tall and 100 centimeters wide. So unpruned in a happy place in Burlington, it could be quite a quite a good plant to replace your boxwood. Okay, uh, so good luck yeah. with that, uh, Nancy. Yeah, I, I have to run, have to go to break, but uh, good luck okay. with that. And uh, we will be uh, right back with much more on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio with Charlie Dobbin. Okay, Charlie, let's go to our next caller. We have uh, Evelyn calling from Toronto. Welcome to The Garden Show, Evelyn. Oh, thanks so much, and thanks for always answering my calls. Um, I have a question, Charlie. I had planted, we had planted a katsura uh, on a south-facing lawn nine days ago. Uh, and we've been following the instructions around watering um, and obviously keeping in mind not to water when we have torrential rain, which we seem to have today. Um, but we notice some of the leaves are falling uh, off the tree. Um, and I was concerned about that. Not a lot, mm-hmm. but there are some that are coming off the tree. Mm-hmm. Are they turning yellow before they drop off? Yeah, like the tree now is sort of a golden yellow. Okay. So, yes. it. So the plant has obviously had a certain amount of a shock with, during the transplanting. So okay. it's likely going dormant, going into like an early dormancy. Doesn't mean it's dying. A couple of quick questions. You planted it yourself or you had somebody plant it? No, we had somebody plant it. And was it in a pot when you got it, or was it a, a big ball with burlap? It, um, hang on. I think it was a root ball with burlap. Let me just double check. I know they brought it in the pot. Paul, was the root, root in burlap? Yes, it was. Right, but it was in a pot. Okay, so when they yeah. planted it, I'm not the people who planted it were professional landscapers. They planted it at the right depth, I assume. They untied yeah. the ropes of the burlap. They took away the pot. Yeah. They rolled down the burlap, all that sort of important stuff. Right. Paul, they rolled down the burlap and took, right? 
Did they roll down the burlap? <laughs> yeah, they undid the. They undid it. Yes. Uh, the reason why, sorry, we didn't totally see it, but I believe so. <laughs> yeah, if if you trust the people who did it and they did a good I job, cats are, are pretty forgiving plants. And when a plant does what it's doing, so having a, a an early fall, don't panic. It, you know, next year's another year. Uh, if it's going to, don't water it. Like you said, if you're getting a lot of rain, hold back on the watering, particularly if it's dropping leaves. Is it staked um, in your yard? Is it in a fairly windy spot? or? Um, well, south-facing. So because it's not that big a plant, I guess it catches the wind. Uh, but it's on a little hill on an incline. And I can okay. certainly send you a picture. Um, sure. Yeah, just I think the main thing is that when we plant a tree of any kind, it's a long-term project. So cats are, are fast-growing trees once they're established. If we get oh. into some hot, dry weather, yes, you're going to need to water. The plant should receive about an inch of water every week right now until the end of September. By that time, stop watering. I'm sure it won't need water by that time. Um, staking, we try to not stake, but if we have to, we do because it helps the plant get established. Uh, not, you know, we don't have rocking in its uh, location. And um, right. yeah, I, you know, I'd say be patient. Don't panic. Uh, you know, dropping leaves now or going a little bit yellow now. It, it is August after all. Winter is coming. The plant is right. is hopefully concentrating on root growth and not worried about its leaves because it knows next year is another year. Okay. Okay. So at this point, I can water once a week would be sufficient. I guess we've been watering daily. No, do not ever water daily. At the most, you would water every two or three days. Uh, but um, with the rain we're having, yeah, plan, yeah, twice a week, you know, whatever, half an inch if there's no rain. Uh, um, uh, and remember as well, don't just dump a big pail of water on the plant. We want no. to slow watering. So it's, and remember the roots are hopefully growing out from the stem. So ultimately our feeder roots are out at the drip line. So out at the edges of where the branches are on the plant. So as it gets bigger, your roots should spread and your your watering area, of course, will get wider. Okay, so we'll see it at the bottom. Yeah, because the whole tree really is like a golden yellow. Um, and we were told to water it twice a day the first week, but we didn't need to because there was rain. Um, and now I guess we'll just go down to once a week. It should be fine then, right? Yeah, and twice a day sounds weird because you're, you end up with a swamp usually if you water twice a day. And there's no question, Katsura do need water, and they like water more than the average. But I'd be careful. You don't want it just sitting in a wet bowl. You'll rot the plant. And it's a beautiful fall color. The Katsura will often turn an apricot color so that it looks like marmalade, a plant covered in marmalade leaves in your in your yard. So it's a really pretty fall plant. Yeah, it's definitely that color now. So I'll send you a photo, and thank you so much. Fabulous. Yeah, do that. Uh, thanks so much for the uh, for the call there, and good luck on that. And just before we go to break, uh, if you have a, a photo or something you need to send to Charlie, her email is c.dobbin at mzmedia.com. Okay, Charlie, have to take uh, one more break, uh, listen to some important and appreciated messages, and then we will be right back with much more on The Garden Show. This is Zoomer Radio Toronto. CFZM FM and CFZM AM. Owned and operated by MZ Media Incorporated. 
change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, welcome back to The Garden Show. Uh, Charlie, let's jump right into these calls. We have a couple on the line. Uh, Going now to uh, Gabrielle, who's calling from Toronto. Welcome to the show, Gabrielle. Hey, welcome there. Hello, can you hear me? Oh, yes. yes, we can. What do you got for Charlie? Okay, then? great. I have, I, what I've been doing is collecting the drip coffee because I love coffee. Now, I was wondering, is there a ratio that for the filter coffee to put it with my garden soil? Uh, yeah, you can. <clears throat> yeah, it was interesting. When Starbucks came to Canada, that's one of the things they do. They give away the, the coffee after it's been um, used. I'm just not a huge fan of putting non-decomposed organics in straight into the soil. You can do it. I would not just put it on the garden, you know, six inches deep. I would be sprinkling it around the garden because anything in too much quantity can be detrimental. I make sure the coffee grounds don't actually touch the stems of any of your plants. But certainly coffee grounds are a wonderful amendment to soil. Um, But like I said, the more you can sprinkle and spread, the better. Well, the problem is I do have raccoons in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if they would love, you know, I mean, they're living yeah. in my garage. You yeah. know, it's one of those common garages. But uh, I do enjoy your program, by the way. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I, raccoons are not going to be particularly interested in coffee grounds. They oh, that's great wonderful. The, you made my day. <laughs> because I prepared my questions, you know, before coming on the show. I tried one one um, one phone, it didn't work so well. And then the other phone, I'm I'm you know, I I have static here and so on. But I, I eventually find your show extremely helpful. Well, thank you very much for the uh, the call, Gabrielle. Don't be a stranger. Yeah. Make sure you call again and um, and, and sprinkle those coffee grounds on your garden. <laughs> okay, so your preference, Charlie, before we go to this caller, your preference is ideally to put your coffee grounds into a composter and let them break down first, yes? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, of course, in that composter, you might have banana peels and yeah. eggshells and other things, um, you know, lettuce, old okay. old vegetables, so and leaves and soil, all of it. Right, would, of course. That would be my preference. Preference. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's go to our uh, – we have one more caller on the line. We have June calling from Pickering. Welcome to the Garden Show, June. And thank you very much, and a well, and uh, good day to both of you, and thank you for your show. I've learned so much. But I have a, I've been given a chocolate basil, and it smells Ooh, wonderful, nice. and I was told to propagate it. I just have to cut off the stem, take off the bottom two leaves, and put it in water. In three weeks' time, I should have lots of roots. Well, it's been six weeks, and there's not a root to be seen. What am I doing wrong? So this is just regular sweet basil? Yes, it's chocolate, a chocolate, chocolate basil. basil. Oh, chocolate. Huh, what are you doing wrong? Um, is the basil outside or inside your house? Inside. Is it in a window? Yes. So it's um, bright, reasonably bright? Yes. Have you ch- uh, Okay, mm. so you took off the two lower leaves, you put it into water, and the little spots where the leaves were are under the water, those little bumps? 
Oh, um, I guess when I first put it in, but I, I guess I better add more water then. Yes. Your roots are going to come from where those little bumps are. Oh, thank so you. I knew you'd know. water all the time. That's what, thank you. I will do that right away. Thank you for your show. I just love it. You're very welcome. Oh, by the, the way, my first are actually called nodes. <laughs> well, no, thanks for the call there, June. Now, look down your list, Charlie. I yes. know you write down the callers' names. Yes, we sir. had a bunch of J's today. Oh, yeah. So we, we had a June. We had a Gene. We had a Jody. Yeah. We had another Gene. <laughs> we had a whole bunch of J. We we propagated uh, yeah. J's. Oh, my gosh. You're right. On, on the show today. Did we not? Yeah. We, we did. We did. But we also had some special Zoe's and Nancy's yes. and Evelyn's along the way. We did. And you know what I love? I love how we dot all over the province every time we do yeah. the show. We go east. We go west. We go north. We go south. Ooh, I love it. Sure. I love it. it, um, it uh, a lot of gardeners out there. Yeah. Um, I, I have to say uh, that whole boxwood thing is just troubling i think it's just i can't imagine if you've had boxwood for a long time how devastating that is well though you know i can't stress this enough you've got to visit your garden preferably every day but if you can't go out there every day you know turn it into quadrants and scout like if you've got boxwood go out and look like get down on your hands and knees and look the outside might look great but inside is being absolutely devastated by an insect and now is one of the times when you can spray for that insect. BTK. Okay. Well, you have a great week. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, Carlos. Thanks to all the great callers, whether your name begins with J or not. We love the calls all the time. <laughs> See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.